And welcome to the R. Jackson Home Podcast. This week, I'm joined by Sharon Younger. She's the president of Younger & Associates, the Younger and Younger & Associates. Um, and so, Sharon, thank you for uh, joining us for the R. Jackson Home Podcast. Thank you for having me here. So, Sharon, I always like to start these uh, these podcasts with, um, I feel like you play a unique role in Jackson, and so I like to introduce people to people who are doing that. And so, Sharon, if you were to introduce yourself to our audience, for those of them who might not know who you are, um, uh, how would you do that? Well, let me just start this off in the most awkward way possible. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the name of the company is Younger Associates. Younger I'm not the only one who makes that mistake, no, you're not. am I? Okay. I'm, I'm really glad you did it, honestly, because <laughs> it gives me a chance to kind of set the record straight. Yeah. Because, you know, I've been in business 26 years, <laughs> and I fight younger and associates, yes. you know, every day. It's, okay. People just naturally put it in there. Yeah. But it's just younger associates. But I once was introduced on, on a, a segment on WBBJ as uh-huh. Younger and the Association. Well, that's, uh, I wasn't that far off, but so, okay, well, let's, let's take a pause real quick. Help me understand the difference between younger associates and younger and associates. Yep. So why did you choose one of those? Cause it would have been a, I thought, well, I guess I thought it was cooler to be younger associates. <laughs> Less but, words. Yep. Yeah, fewer words. And it's just like, it was a play off the word younger, uh-huh. you know, which has kind of a little meaning of its own. Yeah. And I, you know, it was just sort of playful. Uh huh. And I guess it's still a conversation starter. Yes, yes, absolutely. The and always winds up in there. I will um, I will probably never, ever forget that now, I think. <laughs> um, okay, so, all right, well, let's, let's jump back, back into you introducing yourself. Okay. Well, I am from West Tennessee. Uh, I always like to tell people, because I like to get this into the story, mm-hmm. I'm from McLemoresville, Tennessee, okay. which is in Carroll County. Um, It's on Highway 70A. It's between Milan and Huntingdon. If you're looking for some landmarks you might have heard of. Okay, yes, that's very helpful, actually. So that that kind of puts that in place. Uh So I'm I'm a West Tennessean. Mm -hmm. Um, I came to Jackson to go to college at Union University. Mm -hmm. You? I graduated from Union, went to work for what was then the Bendix Corporation, which had its automotive aftermarket division headquartered in Jackson at the time. Uh, wound up going with them to Providence, Rhode Island mm-hmm. to work in marketing and market research for the company mm-hmm. over their Fram division, which was mm-hmm. another auto parts line. Um, decided after I'd been in Providence, Rhode Island just a little while that it would be kind of fun to come back home yeah. where it was warm. <laughs> and um, at the time, Union had two openings. Uh, and I had called back because we always joked around when I was in the corporate world that the ideal world would be to be a college professor. Mm-hmm. So when I decided to change jobs, I thought, well, let me just pursue that. And mm-hmm. in the meantime, I had finished my master's and I had done Where some um, University of Memphis. Okay. I got an MBA from University of Memphis and uh, did some part-time teaching, some adjunct teaching. Um, so I had a little experience. Mm-hmm. So I landed the job at Union, stayed there for four years, mm-hmm. and helped Union start something called the Center for Business and Economic Services. And through that, started doing some consulting work, mm-hmm. doing you know market research support for different groups and organizations in Jackson, and just transitioned. That became that. That's what became Younger Associates. That's awesome. Uh, so I left at the university after four years, started mm-hmm. the company, and um, have been doing it ever since. We started out uh, primarily just as market research, mm-hmm. 
But the opportunities were such that if you do the research, you set the strategy, yeah. you really need somebody to execute, mm-hmm. implement. And yeah. so we just developed that capability as well. So today yeah. we have the research side mm-hmm. and we have the marketing communication side. Mm-hmm. And then there are certain areas where those, you know, that expertise overlaps in a very good way. Absolutely. But, you know, I think that the marketing that we do differs from what most people do because it does have that mm-hmm quantitative measurement research-based side Mm -hmm. that really drives how we do it yeah and then you also have your phd i do for what'd you get that from i got that from the union institute which is in cincinnati ohio and i did that while i was at union okay Uh, one of the things that union wanted you know obviously higher education values they love degrees (laughs) and so i started working on it there Uh and finished it about a year and a half after i left gotcha so uh so you managed to escape the south but it pulled you back in it did and i would you know it was it was nice i love to visit all over the world Mm -hmm. i love traveling yeah uh, but I'm perfectly happy here. Yeah. I, I, my wife and I love to visit a different state every year for our anniversary. Um, and so we spent the summer in Texas. Where's summer recently that you've traveled that you really enjoyed? Well, let's see. Uh, last year, I spent some time in France. Okay. And went to the Normandy region, which I'd never done. Okay. Yeah. You know, the, where the, you know, the Omaha landing. Beach, yeah. the landing and everything. I'm a history buff, so that was great. Okay. It was just a gorgeous part of the world. Yeah. I really liked that. Did the Parisians dislike Americans as much as you know that the concept is total myth? Total okay, myth. You know, I, I don't. You know, I don't know why people <laughs> love to believe that so yeah. much. But you know, the, the French are wonderful people. Oh, okay. uh, I, you know, I was there uh, shortly after nine eleven. I mean, mm-hmm. and, and people, you know, were so warm and so mm-hmm. helpful. And then again, I mean, we had this, everybody that we encountered in the, in the French countryside mm-hmm. were just interesting people. Gotcha. Do you have any, uh, do you have any bucket list trips that you're still working on? Yes. There's one that I just keep getting left out of and it's, it's a trip, you know, on the Baltic Sea, mm-hmm. uh, the North Sea. Mm-hmm. I want to see those countries go to St. Petersburg, come back. Okay. There are a couple of cruise lines that do that. And yeah. every year I think, okay, this is the year I'm going to do that yeah. one. But it hasn't happened yet. That's a that's a pretty. Uh, I don't see. I just don't know that that's a huge tourist draw because I don't. I've never heard anybody say I can't wait to go to the Baltic <laughs> Sea. But that's that's really neat. That's a really yeah. that's a cool place. That would. Uh, I had someone at my dinner table recently that spent some time in Lithuania, mm-hmm. um, and so they just loved it up there. Yeah. Um, so cool. Um, you said you love history. I do. What's what kind of history do you enjoy? Um, learning about and studying and well i wouldn't say i'm as far into history as being a history buff okay. i just find the history of things to be interesting mm-hmm. um and that's part of why i like to travel because yeah. you know you learn the background of things absolutely so you know I like historical fiction and i okay. like reading you know uh, biographies and mm-hmm. that sort of thing so that's probably about as deep as my interest that's goes. that's fair enough what's a recent book that you read that you would recommend to people Gosh, you know, I'm always impressed when somebody says, what's a recent book you read? And somebody can just roll it right off their tongues. I actually started a book yesterday whose title I can't remember. I got it from the library, and it is about John Wilkes Booth. Okay. Okay. My, uh, I'm a big Lincoln fan, so um, I might not read that one. <laughs> but uh, Okay, well, Sharon, we're going to come back and talk about um, more about this market research stuff, because I think a lot of people might not really know what that means. Um, and so, so between the Tennessee and Mississippi rivers, this is our Jackson home.
And welcome back to the R. Jackson Home Podcast. I'm here with Sharon Younger. She's the president of Younger Associates. And uh, and you have built a business, a very large business. Um, and so I'd love to hear about you, how you started this business. What was it like starting a business? Um, how and, and then I'd love to hear more about market research, but talk to me about starting a business. Well, it was just one step at a time. Mm-hmm. I started out with maybe two or three clients. Mm-hmm. Um, and really just sort of found niches where people weren't getting what they needed. They couldn't get the information they wanted. They couldn't make good market decisions because they didn't have anything to base it on. And just started finding instances. Real estate development was one of those areas. Mm -hmm. People who are looking to, you know, develop, whether it's a shopping center or Mm -hmm. um, apartment complex, they really need to know what the market's going to support. Mm -hmm. And um, fortunately, about the time I was starting my business, uh, Jackson was really on a very hot growth trajectory. Mm -hmm. And so there were a lot of people looking to do things, and they wanted to do it in a more informed way. So we did a lot of surveys. Uh, We did a lot of focus groups. We didn't Mm -hmm. do as many focus groups back then as we do now. But we did a lot of surveying, Mm -hmm. and we did a lot of just digging into government statistics, Mm -hmm. uh, demographics, population trends, growth trends. It's a very specific uh, skill set. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What did people do before, like, who would people have called for that before you guys started doing it? Was there anyone around here doing it? There wasn't anybody specifically doing that. And and so our our market grew pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, today we've done business in almost every state mm, in wow. the United States, and uh, our, our name gets passed around a lot. Yeah. You know, somebody will refer us to another organization mm-hmm. who will refer us along to another organization. So our business grew primarily through word of mouth referrals. Of, we so that's do, kind. That's exactly. That's <laughs> how you want to build it. Yeah. That's, that's how you want it to be. Um, but, you know, for example, right now we're working on projects in uh, Ashland, Kentucky, uh, Ackerman, Mississippi, uh, South Haven, Muscle Shoals, you know, so they're, they're mostly in the Southeast right now, mm-hmm. uh, but you can see they kind of pepper their way across the Southeast. And, yeah. Uh, we're looking at some work in South Carolina for later this summer where we'll yeah. be doing a workforce analysis. Mm. So. And if any of those just happen to line up with a great place to vacation at the time, that oh, wouldn't be so bad. Always open to that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so a lot of these, so if, so if I'm like a, uh, a, T- a Macy's or a TJ Maxx, I'm going to call someone like you guys before I move somewhere? Is that Well, a Macy's or a TJ Maxx probably has their own mm-hmm. in-house mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. And, and basically, stores like that, uh, they kind of have a profile of the community or population set they want to go into. Okay. So they're looking for places that have their minimum criteria. Mm-hmm. Maybe they want to go someplace where there are 50,000 people and the average household income is fifty thousand dollars. So mm-hmm. they're scanning, you know, the marketplaces looking for you know those additional places to put a location. Our work is really more on the other side. Let's say that there's a developer and they're trying to recruit a Macy's or a TJ Maxx uh-huh. to their facility that they're building. Then we help them put together the market statistics that they take to a Macy's or a TJ Maxx in order to bring them in. Gotcha. To see if it's worth building these plots at this size right. or whatever. Right. Okay. And so you've been doing this for... 26 years. And, of course, the Internet's changing everything. Yeah. How has Internet affected 
what you're doing uh, in your business? Wow. Um, you know, it, it changed everything, mm-hmm. you know, to, to use that cliche. Um, it's so much easier to access information mm-hmm. than it ever was. You know, we deal with a lot of really big, powerful databases where mm-hmm. we can collect and crunch huge amounts of data. And we did that with you know, just software interfaces, but now a lot of that is web-based. And it allows you to kind of combine uh, different data sets and, and it allows you to quickly compare different markets. So mm-hmm. our tools are just much stronger than they used to be. Yeah, a lot of the heavy lifting is now online. You right. don't have to, maybe not as many boots on the ground. or Don't use as many calculators. <laughs> <laughs> and who, I don't know, maybe yeah. Texas Instruments is sad about that, yeah. but I don't think anybody else is. So I remember seeing a headline about maybe two years ago-ish that you guys had a role in helping IKEA come to Memphis. I'll tell you what our role was. We work with an organization in Memphis, Shelby County called the Economic Development Growth Engine, or EDGE for short. And EDGE is the group that puts together business incentives to recruit businesses into Shelby County. And we advise them on an ongoing basis on those incentives, like Mm -hmm. how do you calibrate the incentive so that you get the project but you don't overspend taxpayer money to, to do it. Yeah, and what, what kind of a, what would an example of an incentive be? Well, in the case of IKEA, they are not going to pay any property taxes for a period of 11 years. Okay. So they will pay personal property tax on their fixtures and equipment, mm-hmm. but they won't pay any taxes on the value of the building that they mm-hmm. built. And so we, we worked with EDGE because two things. Um, they needed to know how much of an incentive to offer, mm-hmm. but the really th- the thing that made that unusual is that there had not been ever in Shelby County and probably not most anywhere else a tax incentive for a retail operation. Mm-hmm. Typically, your tax incentives go to manufacturers yeah. or tech companies or something like that. So it's pretty unusual because what you think about with retail is retail follows everything else. Retail doesn't lead; retail follows. Yeah. So, you know, generally you'll have population growth, you'll have rooftop growth, growth mm-hmm. then you'll have retail growth. Yeah. So you don't Makes usually sense. incentivize it. But IKEA is something different. I mean, yeah. there are only a handful of those in the United States. Mm-hmm. Cities all want them because it's part of your brand. If you've yeah. got an IKEA, it kind of puts you in a different category mm-hmm. as, a, as a community. And, of course, with the ongoing Memphis-Nashville kind of rivalry, yes. you know, it was, it was something that would... You know, Memphis would have that, Nashville wouldn't have that mm-hmm. sort of thing. So it was really attractive to want to bring it there, mm-hmm. um, but there was no policy to really allow that to be done. Mm. So we helped Edge develop a policy, which we dubbed destination retail, meaning that they wouldn't incentivize just any retail. For example, yeah. if somebody wanted to build another Macy's somewhere in Memphis, yeah. there probably wouldn't be an incentive for that. No, because it's... Not going to draw any extra people right. to the area. So, you know, we set some guidelines mm-hmm. that it could be the only one of its type within 200 miles mm-hmm. and that X percentage of the people who shop there are from outside that 200-mile that mm-hmm. radius. Yeah. So really reserving the incentive for a retailer that's going to bring new money yeah. into, you know, the county instead of redistributing money. Yeah, and similar to a way that I'm sure it's going to draw a crowd like Bass Pro, the pyramid's going to draw people. It's right. just... It's such an attraction, even though it's a retail spot, which right. is 
Such an odd thing. Destination retail. Yeah, ap- very aptly named. Uh-huh. Um, you are also a female entrepreneur, and uh, and has that? Do you think that experience has made this hard? That fact has made your experience harder, or has it brought you some specific challenges? You know, I've had that question asked before, and I don't. I can't identify a specific mm-hmm. challenge. You know, but. I also don't know what it would have been like if I hadn't been a female well, that's, entrepreneur. That's so fair. this is that's the only fair. experience I know. And I didn't think it was terribly hard. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, my ambition was just simply to grow the business one step at a time, mm-hmm. you know, and, and take advantage of, you know, new opportunities as we were able to identify them. And really our company has grown by creating a breadth of expertise. Mm-hmm. I mean, because we span all the way from the really nerdy numeric stuff like we were just talking about <laughs> and incentives all the way to, you know, front of the line, leading edge, digital media creation, mm-hmm. you know, web development. So it runs the whole gamut, but one part informs the other. I mean, we try to always start with really good, solid market knowledge mm-hmm. and then let that drive the development of all the marketing materials that are based yeah. on that. Yeah. Well, and, you know, regardless of who you are, if you're so good they can't ignore you, it's going to pay off. You try to be that. that. That's what you want to be. Yeah. You want that experience where somebody does pass your name on to somebody mm-hmm. else. Here's, Absolutely. Here's a group you might want to look at because they did a really good job for me. That's yeah. that's what you want. Absolutely. So, well, we'll head into this next break, and then we'll come back. We'll talk about what you see. Uh, you have a really unique perspective on what could be coming for Jackson, I think, just because of your expertise with numbers and digital statistics and all these things. So um, we'll head into this break. And uh, so from our front porch to yours, this is our Jackson home. Jackson home. I'm here with Sharon Younger. She is the president of Younger Associates. Uh, Sharon, I think because of your role and your skill set with market research and, and seeing uh, the way economies and, and, and areas work all over the country, uh, you have a really unique perspective on where Jackson's headed. So I'd love to hear, where do you think Jackson is headed? Well, I will say that it's flavored by our experiences in other communities. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one important perspective that we try to bring to our work when we're working with our clients in Jackson and West Tennessee. We try to give them the advantage of the market knowledge that we've gained all over the country. Yeah. And right now what we're seeing is that mid-sized cities like Jackson, many of them are doing very, very well. Mm -hmm. And they have attracted a lot of outside investment um, two examples, uh, we're working with a group that's planning a enormous um, project in Muscle Shoals, or near Muscle Shoals. It's actually in the small town of Sheffield, which is part of the Florence Muscle Shoals uh, MSA. And it's a, to be built on the Tennessee River, and it includes an, you know, an event center, an amphitheater, mm-hmm. condominiums, very upscale mm-hmm. housing. Uh, retail restaurants and marina I mean it's it's basically a, a city within a city interesting and that money is pouring in from Atlanta 
in other areas and it's outside developers who are coming in to mm -hmm. what is a beautiful but sleepy little area mm -hmm. and um, really going to blow it up I mean, yeah. and make something nice. Um, the other thing is if you look at South Haven, Mississippi, is now okay. the third largest city in Mississippi. Yeah, and they just, uh, the Grizzlies are moving their D-League team there. Yeah, they are, and there's a lot, there are other things that haven't been announced mm -hmm. in the South Haven area. The Grizzlies D-League team is nice for the Grizzlies to have. <laughs> yeah. It won't be a lot for South Haven. I yeah. Mean, it's, it's a point of pride, but yeah. in terms of dollars and cents, it won't be that meaningful, but it's a part of a larger thing that's happening where uh, because the population growth has been so strong, mm -hmm. um, you know, they're, they're, they're really gaining some amenities. They're building things that mm -hmm. they didn't have. Uh, so they're gaining infrastructure and, and centers and things that Jackson has had, um, but we're seeing newer centers um, that are more attuned to modern audiences pop up in cities. So, we actually have some pretty significant competition developing around mm -hmm. the country. Mm -hmm. And um, what we don't want to do is, in the city of Jackson is allow too many Muscle Shoals and South Havens and Paducahs to kind of form a ring around us with bigger, better amenities mm -hmm. because that really puts us in a, you know, in a tough tough spot to compete yeah um so you know we've always been the, the the city that you know since the early 60s had a mall we were the one that had a civic center we're the yeah. ones that had had these amenities and and uh you know we're, we're still the one that has the the minor league baseball team but we have to continue to curate and grow that portfolio mm. of amenities because what makes jackson what it is is that we are the center for 15, 16, 17 counties, mm -hmm. and people look to Jackson for arts and entertainment and retail and particularly medical. And it's better for everybody if we keep that trend in place. We yeah. don't allow that market to break up and get picked apart and pieces of it go in other directions. Mm -hmm. we, need, we need the concentrated force of that population to stay focused on Jackson. And, you know, we have new generations of people coming up what they're looking for in terms of entertainment and mm -hmm. quality of life are different. Mm -hmm. So we can't keep serving up the same old civic center and saying, oh, well, we've got it all covered here. Yeah. Because there's a lot of things happening out there. Gotcha. So so that's kind of a, a little bit of a warning almost about some of the projects that are happening that they need to happen. I guess it sounds that way. I yeah. guess I can come across that way pretty easily. But, you know, it's just I see the excitement in these other communities yeah. and I see the willingness to you know, put money on the table, you know, to lure private investors. I'm not talking about government money. I'm mm -hmm. talking about, you know, actually luring people to make investments, to make, to leverage things and make things happen. Yeah. And, uh, and, and it's not all happening in the bigger cities. It's mm -hmm. not just Nashville that's seeing all the growth. If you look around, you know, you see some of your mid-tier cities like a Jackson making some leaps because they're thinking of some new things to mm -hmm. put out there to, to attract people. And um, I think I think we need to take that seriously. Yeah. I think we need to take a good look at ourselves and say, let's don't get too comfortable. You know, people yeah. people don't always have to drive to Jackson for everything. No, but we want them to absolutely, and we want them to feel great about it. Yeah. Well, maybe you need to play the role of the prophet in the wilderness. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't think it's not really the prophet in the wilderness. I think there are other people who think this way. Um, there's a one Jackson committee. I mm -hmm. think you know. I both know that there was a one Jackson 
plan that mm-hmm. was done a Which couple is, years ago. And available on the city's website. So you can okay. go download it. It's like a 300-page document. Mm. I keep saying I'm going to read it. I yeah. haven't read it yet. <laughs> well, that this was really an offshoot of that. I mean, there were mm-hmm. some things that were put into the plan, and then there was a committee that was appointed. Um, Mayor uh, Gist put some people together to try to make sure that there's forward movement, that, mm-hmm. that things get done, that things get explored. And so there is a committee, but, you know, it, it really needs, you know, we need people's hearts and minds, you know, focused on that. Mm-hmm. Um one of the things that I was really proud of, one of the projects that I, I think my whole organization was really, really proud of was when we did the new brand for the city of Jackson. Mm-hmm. We had, came up with a uniform brand mm-hmm. for the chamber, for the city, for the Convention and Visitors Bureau, because they all had different brands. Yeah. And so if you spent money on any one of those, you weren't really getting the full momentum that mm-hmm. you could get. And, you know, the numbers were tremendous. After we rebranded, we created a lot of excitement around that brand mm-hmm. to the extent that a lot of our local media people, you know, our, our outdoor people, the TV people, the radio people, got it around that brand and really pushed it. And we immediately saw, you know, $15 million increase in tourism revenue, I mean, mm-hmm. within one year. So, you know, having an, a, a different, a new and fresh outlook, putting something new out there for people to mm-hmm. respond to, telling that story better. It's very important. We, we love the branding work that we do. We're, yeah. we, we've worked on branding for a number of different kinds of companies and organizations. And it's always great when you can breathe new life into something and sort of help, help people reimagine and see the better parts of that brand mm-hmm. by telling the story in a different and more unified way. Yeah. Well, well, Sharon, I just want to say thank you for helping Jackson to do that. It was, it was really our pleasure. I mean, it was one of those things where, you know, you love to get chosen for certain projects mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and to get certain to be chosen for a hometown project like yeah. that you know feels particularly good yeah absolutely well Sharon thank you for uh, helping to make Jackson a better place and and choosing to stay here and make it home absolutely and that's another thing that's confusing I, I, Jackson is the home of our business uh-huh. I live in Midtown Memphis okay, okay. and uh, it confuses everybody it's almost as bad as that and in the middle of the name. <laughs> Because when I, you know, we do a lot of work in Memphis and uh-huh. Shelby County, have a lot of, of clients there, and we're, we're known for working with the incentives program there. But every time they talk about us in uh, the paper, they always say Jackson-based Younger Associates. Yeah. Kind of like, they, they think, for some reason, they think it's weird that we're in Jackson, but hey, we don't. It's free press it's, for Jackson. It's free press for Jackson. Absolutely. Yeah, we always get that, so... Well, Sharon, thank you for joining us on the podcast, and uh, to find out more about you guys, they can visit the website at... Uh, younger-associates.com Yeah. Don't try to put an and in there, people. Right. It's not there. It's a dash. Younger-associates.com Thank you, Sharon. Thank you. Appreciate it. Have a lot of fun. Today's podcast was hosted by Kevin Adelsberger. Our intro music was performed by Aaron Harden. It was recorded live at The Co. To find out more about The Co., visit their website at www.atthecoe.com. To find out more about our Jackson home and to read about how amazing Jackson is, visit ourjacksonhome.com.